This is episode 49 with the uplifting Gemma Turner. Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast. My name is Bhavik Patel and each week I bring you a super interesting conversation with an inspiring entrepreneur on how they live their life outside their business and what inspires them to live life big. Thank you for taking time to spend with me today and it's time to let the positivity flow. Gemma Turner is a local disabled blogger and consultant. She uses her experience of being a disabled wheelchair user to train companies about the barriers as well as the right way to communicate with disabled people. She works with companies such as Sky, ITV, Community First Yorkshire and many more. Gemma is an open book and uses her honest Yorkshire humour, when appropriate of course, to dismantle some of the misconceptions of disability. I love this conversation as it was my first disabled guest and she really moved the needle for me in a way she communicates and is really trying to move the conversation forward in a direct yet light-hearted way. If you get something out of this podcast then don't forget to hit the like button, leave a comment and subscribe and share it with someone you love to show you care. Now for the one and only Gemma Turner. My name is Gem, like the stone, I always like to say that. Um, I, just to sort of set the scene for people, uh, I'm a wheelchair user, I'm three foot one, um, very outgoing, very ambitious, um, and ever since I was young, I've sort of tackled people's stereotypes around disability, um, which I'm sure we'll get into today, but the main ones really are just sort of, um, low expectations of disabled people, um, almost like uh, inspirational, aren't they amazing for doing what they do, which is lovely, but I'm sure again we'll get into it where, um, you know, to have that constantly has an impact on someone's daily life. Um, So as I got older, I kind of took on those stereotypes and, and thought, what can I do to educate people a little bit more about how to just interact with disabled humans and and make their lives a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, now I'm a disabled blogger and consultant. I like to share my life through the lens of a wheelchair user. Um, I try and do it with a bit of humour, you know, very light-hearted. Um, and yeah, along the way I've sort of got a little bit of a following and really appreciate, you know, talking to people open, openly and honestly about disability. You know, I'm always learning um, about other disabilities and I'm just passionate about people treating others with as less judgments as possible to get that really genuine connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's quite a long intro, but, you know, there's a lot, of, there's a lot going on from you know when I was born to now um, and I'm just trying to use that to educate really. Yeah and it's brilliant because what I heard from there Gem is that you're trying to move the conversation forward right. Mm. We, I know 
there's been a time when there's been a lot of misinformation there's been a lot of misunderstanding in mm. terms of disability and yeah. and and how it affects people's lives and now with the rise of technology the internet there's so many more conversations that can be shared you know whether in person whether that be in written form whether that be in video form and it's brilliant in that respect there's downsides and upsides to both which I'm sure we can talk about but from right now Jem uh, as a person mm-hmm. what was it that created the confidence that you have to go out to organizations and companies to talk about disabilities and how you know how to communicate and where did that come from within you mm, that's a good question um I think it was when I realised that other people are more nervous to speak to me than I am to them. So I could go to a big company, you know, let's just say a media industry, um, and even even the toppest people, when that's not a word, but let's pretend it is, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, senior people, you know, I would go into the room and suddenly people would clam up, they wouldn't know whether to shake my hand or not. And it, it was then that I realised that we can all teach each other something, you know, like even the top dogs don't know how to interact with some people. So I think the confidence just came from knowing that, like, like you said really, that we all have a purpose. And my purpose, I believe, is to share this knowledge to decrease other people's you know, uh, uncomfortable conversations that they have every day. Because um, mm. it's such a big thing for people. You know, it affects every part of their lives, whether that's just going to the supermarket, whether it's going to the doctors, you know, it's it, it impacts everybody's lives. So, yeah, I think the confidence just came from knowing that not everybody's an expert and I'm an expert in this particular area. So why not share it? Mm. And you being open to different points of view, I think, is probably a huge starting point in terms mm-hmm. of understanding that saying, even though I <clears throat> see myself in the same way, mm-hmm. others' lenses and others' filters, people's filters, see me in lots of different ways. Yes. So how can I communicate in a way which then breaks down a lot of the barriers which are obviously in our head a lot of the time and I'm sure you know I'm take a step back and I think okay if I see someone in a wheelchair mm. for me personally is, is I try and not see the wheelchair I see, try and see the person but then am I then being disrespectful in that way because I'm because the way I see is that I want to treat that person as another person that does I don't see physically. You know, we talk about the yes. physical disability. No yeah. one talks about the mental disabilities, right? Yeah. There's so many scars and wounds that we have as people based mm-hmm. on our passport. We don't see those, but we see physical, you know, physical, yeah. physicalities. Now, which way would you say to me in terms of, I'm trying to treat someone as a human being, but sometimes they may say you're only seeing me as a human being, but you're not seeing the, the, the difficulties that I face. Whereas other people may say it's brilliant that you see me as just another human being as the same as you, just with a different way we come into the world. 
What would your conversation be with me if I'm saying which way should I try and respect both viewpoints? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, if I think for me, being a wheelchair user is a massive part of my identity. Mm. So if somebody said to me, which I get quite a lot, I don't see your wheelchair, I just see you. It's almost ignoring the the barriers that I've achieved, you know, I've sort of tackled and and my wheelchair is such a positive thing. I think that that's another thing is that when people see wheelchairs, it's sort of pity and, and negativity when actually it's just part of me that gets me around day to day. If I didn't have my wheelchair, then it'd be really sad because I'd be sat in one place all the time. So I think that's the first thing is changing that narrative of what a wheelchair does. Um, and yeah, I think I would much rather someone acknowledge that I'm a wheelchair user. Um, you know, some friends have even said to me, you're not disabled, you're just sat down. And I'm just like, can we not just acknowledge that I'm a wheelchair user? Like, it's not a swear word. Um, so yeah, I think it's just about acknowledging someone's experience. Um, obviously, everyone's experience is different. So um, for me, I was born and I was a wheelchair user from the age of two. Whereas for someone else, if they had an injury, um, the wheelchair might be um, so, uh, related to some kind of trauma. So, you know, there's different ways of what a wheelchair might mean, um, which is then difficult because everyone's experience is so different. Um, but yeah, I would say not acknowledging someone's disability um, could hinder the conversation. Um, and it's like any marginalised group, you know, it, it's acknowledging that there are barriers out there in society. Um, and I'd much rather have that conversation than, it, you know, disability be a word that you can't say. And, you know, some people say specially abled or differently abled. And to me, it just ignores my, my journey in life, really. Mm. And what was quite interesting, something you said there was, when we talk about, you know, wheelchair, it's real. It's not something that, you know, it's like a bag that you could take off and put back on. It's part of your identity, right? Especially when you're, it's been your part of your identity your whole life. Mm. And that identity, then just like, you know, if I say I have run a business for 20 years, that's part of my identity currently. It doesn't mean it's me doesn't mean that's the whole me it's yeah. I wear just like yourself yeah. you know disability is one that has you wear part of your life but then you are a friend you are a relative you are a, a business you know consultant you know it's all these different masks and all these different hats we wear right and yeah. it seems like that one's the most visible obviously yeah. but it's not your full identity and I think that's the thing that the value in what you're saying to me is that to say respect this but respect me as a person not just this thing that you see behind me now if we're going to lighten the conversation of wheelchairs because i don't know much about wheelchairs oh yeah do you get do you get different models and, and and different ranges like cars that you can you know pick and choose what you want yeah you can and i always like to play a game of how much do you think my wheelchair cost okay is yours um, electric? 
Mine's electric. Okay. Perfect. And I will say it's higher than a thousand pounds, just to confuse. Okay, so I have no clue on wheelchairs. So if I had to buy one, it was electric, and 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 I can see the huge fun in that. Really, yeah. myself, you know. Yeah. Not, <laughs> um, I would say probably your your because it has a motor and a battery. But is it rechargeable? Then is it? It is. Yeah, it's like awesome. a phone thing. So do you get tax benefits for that? Because now car users are getting tax benefits for yeah, being electric no, right now. No, don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, there. Unfortunately. So you're thinking as a business person all the time. Yeah, it's and, not safe on the road, but yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and no exhaust fumes, so it's brilliant for the environment. So, all right. Um, I would say around probably around two and a half thousand, probably. Completely under twenty four thousand. You're joking. I'm not joking. Wow. And this is what I mean when I say a wheelchair is my pride and joy. Like wow. it, it's more than a car. Well, you know, a very good car. More than my car. <laughs> this is it. I have a bike. You know, it's something that I had to write to charities to get wow. funding for. Um, you know, you can get NHS chairs that are like a thousand, two thousand. You know, a really good sports chair might be £9,000. That's a manual one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that stigma of wheelchairs are bad, they're sad. But actually, if you're in the wheelchair industry, you're earning a lot of money to get, you know, clients. You're giving, you're giving me huge ideas here, Gemma. <laughs> this is <laughs> it. Um, and you know it is. So there's that. Anyway, there's many models. This one that I've got is, you know, top of top of the range because so is it like a, the it. equivalent of like a lamborghini of, of wheelchairs i mean i'd like to think so there you go so yeah. can you pimp your ride then how can you pimp your ride um the only thing i do is at christmas time i put fairy lights on the back yes. yeah. um but yeah that's about as much as <laughs> I, I do because to be honest i already get a lot of attention so i think pimping it up in any way would just be like i'd be asking for it do you know what i mean <laughs> So, yeah. Local celebrity, then you get some nice alloys, get some nice spinning alloys on it. You know, honestly, the amount of taxi drivers who say, like, oh, you're gonna get alloys, you're gonna get, and I have no idea what these words mean. And I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> now, <laughs> but yeah, it's very special to me. It's, it's, you know, and so much of your, you know, the things we take for granted as able bodied people like within your home, for example, whenever you plan to go anywhere, there's a trip you want to make. There's so many more decisions you need to make and probably so many more calls you make to need to make, right? So say, for example, today, obviously we're in a lockdown situation, so it's not going to be possible right now, but say years time when everything's eased up and you wanted to go to the Natural History Museum in London, for example, yeah. okay? What kind of decisions would you need to make? Because I know what I'd have to do. I'd have to think, okay, how do I want to get there, train or car? I'm going by car where I'm going to park and then how am I going to get to where is he actually there and that's the extent and, and when am I going to go that's yeah. the extent of my decisions what is different with you in terms of what decision you need to make so how would you think about that trip yeah see you just saying that makes me sweat like having to think about you know going anywhere is a situation yeah. um if I want to book a taxi they say we need at least 24 hours notice. So being disabled means spontaneity is out the cards. Um, if you want to go on a train, it's the same thing. So you have to book 24 hours for the ramp. Um, 
you know, you have to think about energy of the people around you and what, you know, are you going to get anybody interacting with you that's a bit, you know, uncomfortable? Are there's that side of things? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of organisation involved. There's always, what if it goes wrong? You know, there's always that in the back of my head. Um, and I think it, lockdown, I suppose lockdown has kind of given some empathy, I think, to what it's like. I'm not saying it's the same, but what it's like when you're disabled because we're out of control. We can't, we're being told when we when and when we can't go out. Um, and, you know, we're not allowed to go to other people's houses, which, you know, I can't get into most of my friends' houses. You know, so there's a lot of the same uh, sort of logistics. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is it's such a big thing. And I think it's trying to tell people and, and, and asking them to care because, you know, they might say, oh, well, you can do it. So um, I try and teach people that it's not just about being able to logistically do it. It's about making it as easy as possible. Um, so, you know, why can't I book a taxi instantly like everybody else? You know, it, it's changing that narrative of only having the basics for disabled people. Um, when actually if you give, it, give us the tools to thrive, you know, we can be part of society just like everybody else so yeah it, it there's a lot there's logistics there's energy there's people um and the people side i think is the most energy for me because i'm quite an extrovert i read people really well so if i see someone staring at me on the train i've clocked them and i'm i'm trying to suss out how to deal with that um, you know, like my friends will just say, just ignore them, don't worry about it. And I can't because I just want to be like, do you want to chat? Do you want a picture? Like, what? It's just my personality. So, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot that goes into it. And I think what, what, what is brilliant about what you just said there is when, if you saw someone's day, for example, mm. you rather than creating your own story about it, it's, okay, how do I shift their story about what mm. they're seeing? Mm. Because it's those conversations that really move things forward. It's like even today, having this conversation with you, it's already shifting so much in my mind. Mm. And this is within, you know, within 20 minutes. And therefore, it's brilliant that these conversations get highlighted and raised because it just makes you more aware first of all awareness is always the first point isn't it for anything yeah. to move forward and then if there's any action you want to create based on that awareness it's possible because now you know where or what you need to do yeah. so there's a lot of people with that listen to this that have their own business that run you know whether it be small business whether it be part of an organization yeah what kind of things do you think we should be thinking about as business owners whether it be a small business or a one-man band or a you know a larger organization to then not just accommodate but be more welcoming for disabled people it's mm, a good question um I think the first thing is to, you know, if you're thinking about disability, make sure you involve disabled people. It sounds basic, but I think the best way to get it right is to get the people who have lived experience. Um, 
and something that I teach quite a lot is you know intention can only go so far so you can intend to be really inclusive but actually are you actually pushing disabled people further away um you know and then in terms of how to welcome disabled people whether that's you know you're selling things or whether you're recruiting um i think be brave and invite people um you know it's the thing i said about people don't say disabled um but how are you gonna make sure that people feel welcome if you never say that you're looking for a certain group of people um so when i'm working with people around recruitment i'll say you know it's okay to say we're looking for disabled people and people will go oh, oh i didn't think about that so it's like how are you going to move on and progress if you don't actually name that you know there's there's an area that you need to improve on um you know because if i saw a job and then someone said oh actually we're looking for wheelchair users i'd be like ding 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 i've got a wheelchair do you know what i mean um so yeah i'll tell you those are the three things that we're really we're quite at the beginning stage i think of disability and business i think we're only just thinking about it um so yeah try and get the basics down of acknowledging that the needs change needs to happen and something you've just touched upon just there in terms of we're still you know like you said we're still at the start of mm. lots of things that are possible and, and and can happen but if we rewind say 10 years ago which things have moved forward that you can physically see from what life was like then to what life's like now Mm. I think the main thing for me is you touched on it at the beginning about our voices are being heard a lot more. I think back in the day before the internet, our stories were being told for us. Um, you know, if you look at TV and, uh, you know, media in general, films, uh, whereas now social media means that we can be like, oh, no, wait a minute, actually it's like this for us and we can come together a lot as well um and the different platforms mean that you know whatever barrier you've got there's there's a platform out there that you can that you can share your message with um so yeah i think it's it's that we can speak a lot more now about what the barriers are um and there's no excuse really to say we didn't know about that because if you Google, you can probably find a lot more information now. Hmm. Yes. And do you think that where we are right now and where you would like to see things, say, in the next 10 years, which, what point would you say this next 10 years would have been a success if we reached that certain point? Because I know 10 years is not a huge amount of time, right? Mm. Even like, as I get older, I realise that. Time just seems to be moving quicker and quicker. Yeah. So if we say the next 10 years for to move the conversation on disability forward, what needs to happen over that period of time? Oh, well, well I could do a whole dissertation on this. Um, what needs to happen? I think a, a massive thing for me is around being proactive rather than reactive which is something that i talk about quite a lot and i think it's pe 
I'm hoping in 10 years' time that people actively think about disabled people um, because I think that's the problem at the moment is that, say, if someone... Say if a campaign comes out and it's not representative of disability, um, it takes the community to flag it to then for change to happen. Whereas I'm hoping in 10 years' time, you know, I think conversations around diversity are getting better. Um, but in terms of feeling confident around disability, I don't think we're there. So I think, yeah, preempting, you know, we're doing a video as it got subtitles. Um, I'm doing an event, is it step three, so that wheelchair users can get in? You know, it's those proactive steps that I hope people start thinking about you know, rather than me coming in and saying, don't forget about this. Mm. And I think what helped hugely was the Paralympics in mm. London. I We went there, um, when was that? I can't remember the year. Was it 2012? Um, yeah, something, yeah, that sounds about right. And <laughs> when that, we went to see um, basketball, we went to see basketball, I think it was, and there was mm. a few um, long distance events. It was brilliant just and so many people so i've um not been to the actual olympics you know but i've seen on tv and i think that's huge i love those type of sports and those kind of movement activities mm -hmm. but going to the paralympics what it opened my eyes to was first of all that there's just the same energy as in the main you know the, the main event in terms of the main olympics and then mm. you've got the paralympics but secondly was that I just found that there seemed to be more heart and more soul in the people that were competing. Mm. Um, so I saw some of the basketball players and they, you could see they were just enjoying it so much, mm. just having that ability to you know, represent their country and compete on a like-for-like -like, uh, stage with other people. And we had such an amazing time and we went as a family, so there was about 20 of us that went with my kids and stuff like that. And it was so good to see it because obviously being in London as well, it was so close to home and it, there was no reason to not to attend. That's the way I saw it. Mm. And it just opened my eyes so much to what is out there because I would have to say, you know, hand, hands up that I hadn't known, don't know, that much because it's not in my reality it's not in mm. my world and unfortunately I don't make time to do that not in a negative way but not in a way of saying actually I don't see I am aware but there doesn't never seems to be a reason that I need to get involved unless I'm helping organize something or helping an event but day to day it doesn't so mm. therefore what do you think I should as a human being so not just as a business owner but as a person and um, to be more mindful of disabled people in the way I live my life oh that's a good question um I think obviously the representation that you've just talked about is a massive thing so seek out representation you know that that's a massive thing for me is um you don't know what you don't know is the classic line um so you have to seek out um so there's that and then i would say 
A big thing that I think is really powerful is when we're organising meetings, even when you're organising social events, you know, just saying, let me know if you require any access adjustments. You know, it, it's the everyday preempting that not everybody might be able to get involved. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if you're making food, you always ask, have you got any allergies? So it's that one step further of, if you want to come to this thing, what can I do to make it welcoming? Um, and I, I've, I've started integrating that into my everyday. And you'll be very surprised at people who aren't disabled who say, oh, actually, yeah, when I do an interview, I, I find it really helpful uh, if I get the questions before. And that's an adjustment. They're not disabled, but it's just a really inclusive thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I would just say preempt that we can all make changes mm. to welcome people. Um, and once you start doing that, you know, it becomes best practice and it becomes an everyday part of your life. Brilliant. Yes. And it's, like I said, once the awareness is, is open from your mind and your eyes, then it's just a case of, I understand now what, what are the steps and how can I do that? And I'm sure there's so much help out there anyway. It's just, you know, someone that says they don't know something these days, it's just, I see it as laziness because it's so, it's so easy to find information these days, right? Yeah. How good that information is, is for you to decipher in terms of the range of things you look at. But now, if I talk about you as a person, Gem, yes. what or who do you think inspires you most today? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, there's a woman who sadly isn't with us anymore, but she was called Stella Young. Um, she was Australian and she had the same condition as me um, and basically was an advocate in the Australian uh, well, globally, actually. And she was the first person that I saw who looked like me um, doing a TED Talk. And I think that was the moment when I was like, oh, I could do that. Um, so, yeah, Stella Young is a massive, well, was a massive inspiration. Um, and that representation was really powerful. And that was when I was about 15, I think. Um, so yeah, she was someone who really inspired me. And talking about us taking care of ourselves, because mm. I feel that that always has to be the first point for us as human beings. We, we, we try and build ourselves and be strong so that we can be strong for the people around us. Mm. So what do you think self-love means to you? Oh, good question. Um, something that I talk about a lot is boundaries. That's something that I'm really learning, even in my 20s now. Um, boundaries in terms of my information is mine and I can share it when I want to share it. Um, you know, being an advocate, it's very fulfilling. It's very, you know, rewarding, but also it's massively tiring um you know i get burnout a lot energy wise and physically um and i think it's about you know say if i'm on a train and somebody comes up to me and says oh why are you in a wheelchair then which happens quite a lot 
it's it's telling myself that it's okay to say, do you know what, I'm on the train. I don't want to talk about that right now. And that doesn't make me selfish or it doesn't make me a bad advocate. It just means that I'm not ready to say that while I'm popping to a shop. Um, so yeah, boundaries have, have become a really important part of who I am and and honestly feeling empowered that, you know, I can share what I want when I want and that's okay. Mm. Brilliant. And it, it, it's the same as, you know, saying no to others to say yes to yourself, right? Yeah. Because I think that's a conversation which I've had to learn and now I'm so glad that if I'm not the strongest version of myself because I've worked on myself, then what, what use am I to anyone else around me yeah. um, in my life? So just a, a, another peek under the covers, Gem. Is there anything that you're proud of that no one knows about? Oh, anything no one knows of? I think, does it... Mm, I think people don't realise how much energy it takes just to be me. Um, and I'm really proud of pushing that. Um, you know, they don't see the everyday energy it takes just to go out to a shop or just to to do what I do. So I, I am proud of pushing through. Um, yeah, it sounds cheesy, but I think just living everyday life and pushing for independence, um, you know, is a, is a massive thing for me. Um, that I'm only just starting to tell people, you know, yeah, how it is. Yeah, and it, it's that energy you put into everyday life, isn't it? Because, and I fully see that it's not, I, you know, I feel sometimes I may have hard days, mm. but then put myself in a wheelchair with that hard day and mm. that augments the whole thing, doesn't it? It just, just increases everything. So I completely respect that and I'm glad mm. that you can openly express that because it is important to, mm. to, to express those thoughts because they're real mm. and they're with you and anything that we feel that we should acknowledge ourselves for we should and that's the way it is right yeah but i think there's a balance though of you know i don't it's hard you don't want sympathy you just want to be acknowledged yeah you yeah. know that there are barriers and and i'm constantly mentally to and throwing from trying to tell people what it's like but i don't want a pat on the head I just want you to say, oh, yeah, that's a bit rubbish, that, isn't it? it it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, get that. So now let's uh, lighten the conversation. Yeah. We're going to go into a quick fire question round. Yeah. So this is where I'm going to ask you 10 random questions and you just take a moment and answer or don't take a moment and answer, which is even better because then a, a natural answer comes out, even though most of the time it doesn't represent anything about us, but it just, it's just a bit of fun. Okay. Uh, so let's see what this throws out. And like I said, this is completely random, so it's not pre-planned. So I'm just going to throw some questions out there and you answer in the best way you feel represents you. Okay? Okay, yeah. Okay. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Barcelona, because apparently it's, it, there's not many steps 
and I really want to go. Who is your favourite superhero and why? Oh, I like that one that's silver and it, silver surfer because I just feel like how fun would that be to surf in the sky? Are you a morning or a night person? I was a night person before lockdown and now lockdown's made me some kind of morning person. <laughs> what is one of your weird quirks? That I really, really love small talk. But I will talk to a shopkeeper about <laughs> his health, how he's doing, is he mentally okay? Like, yeah, I, I can chat to anybody. Perfect. How many books have you read so far this year? Probably like two. I'm not very good at reading. I can read, but yeah, I don't make time for it. If you could be world famous for one thing, what would it be for? <laughs> I think for being funny. Like to make people laugh, to entertain them. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what is your lifelong dream? Oof. Um, to make people think twice before they meet somebody is, yeah. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? Oof. Depends what kind of day it is. Um, between 15 minutes and half an hour, depends what I'm doing. What is the one thing you've always wanted to do? Go on the Eurostar. Mm. Mm. And if you could write a book about your life, what would it be called? See, I've already got something in my brain. Um, it would be called something like, It's Not Me, It's Society. Very good. I can already see that happening. Yeah, it's kind of, it's in the drafts at the moment. Perfect. Well, let me know when that, when that draft becomes a, a, a final reality. I know that can take a lot of time and a lot yeah. of energy and whether you have, when you can do that and when that can happen, I know is, is out of our hands a lot of the time. It's a case yeah. when it happens. But that would be brilliant because, it, like I said, it's showing it from a different perspective, isn't it? Mm. Um, and, like, I, it's interesting. I talked to my son about this and I say, okay, where am I? And he'll be, you're over there. I said, no, where am I? And he says, you're over there. I said, no, where am I? He goes, you're over there. I said, no, I'm in here. You're seeing me in here, and I'm your your retinas and your sound. All your senses are telling you I'm here, but I'm in your head. And then he says to me, "Daddy, so therefore, if I'm in your head, does that mean everything's in my head?" I go, "Yeah, everything's in your head. It's, it's your it's called perspective. So it's ten years old. So I say it's perspective. It's how you see things. I could look at a glass. You look at a glass, and we see different things, even though it's the same thing. Yeah. And as long as you understand that, you realize that everyone has a different perspective." Mm -hmm. So don't ever get frustrated or angry or, or, or you know, um, down about perspectives. You have your perspective and someone else has said, and if you don't agree, just say, that's your opinion, or in your humble opinion, in my humble opinion is this, and mm -hmm. that's it. You know, it's those kind of conversations. Then he said to me, 
does anyone else exist in the world if I'm the only real person? I was like, there we go. Boom. There we go. <laughs> Ten years old, I'm with that, but you do this is the This is the joy. Yeah. This is the joy I have, you know, in terms of even talking to him about that. At 10 years old, I don't think I even thought about anything like that, apart from, shall we play outside or should we play inside? I think that's <laughs> Literally, yeah. You know? I love that. So, as we reach the towards the end of the podcast, Gemma, I'd just like to ask you a few more questions so that the listeners understand a little bit more about you and the way you think. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fast forward a hundred years into the future. Um, <laughs> we've reached the last moments of your life. Now you don't have enough energy to speak, but you have enough energy to write three words. Now these three words have resonated with you all your life and they've helped you and you help by sharing them. It can help the people that are listening. What would those three words be for you and why? Um, mine would be, but what if? Do you want me to expand? Yes, please. Um, because my whole thing is about when you meet people and you have that perception, you know, but as soon as I start talking, people realise that image that they had is completely different. Um, and my conversations are like, yeah, but what if... I could get in there, what would happen? And, or, you know, what if you didn't say hello to me? We wouldn't be having this chat right now. So, yeah, those three words to me are really powerful. Not just, you know, people talking to me, but me talking to other people. You know, I check myself constantly about what am I thinking, what am I doing, how am I acting? Not in terms of overthinking, just checking myself, really. Mm-hmm. And I think two key words that jumped out to me when you said that was possibility and potential. Mm. Um, you know, w- by doing something, we create new possibilities, don't we? You know, mm. like you said, just saying hello or opening the door or, or, or sending an email, whatever, you're opening up possibilities. And that possibility may be sparking a potential which you've not even seen yet until you create that. So they're exciting, exciting thoughts there. Now, this podcast is called Bigger Than The Hustle, and right now you're bigger than the world. So I've got a mic which is connected to 7.58 billion people on this planet. Yeah. They're all awake. They're all conscious. They can all understand you, so there's no language barrier, and they're all listening. Yeah. If I could hand over the microphone for the next 30 seconds, what would your message be to the world? I would tell them about the social model of disability, which I can expand on. Um, which is basically that it's a theory um, that instead of looking at someone's condition and who they are and trying to, in quotes, cure them, uh, the social model of disability looks at the environment and it says if we changed something about our environment, would that make someone less able to do something or more able? So, for example, if I had ramps everywhere, I would be a lot more able to get round and about. Um, so, yeah, I would tell them about the social model of disability and hope that people audit their own lives and think, mm. what can I change, you know, to make a more inclusive environment? Perfect. And I can see that that was spoken from the heart and you've thought about it and there's some mind energy that's gone into that. So thank you for that gem now at this juncture i'd like to acknowledge you and thank you 
thank you for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your insights. It's really been eye-opening for me as well. Um, your honesty with a bit of humor as well, which I think always lightens the mood, which is always brilliant. Yeah. And this, the, just the work you're doing, you know, to move society forward, you know, hopefully you know, 100 years in the future, 200 years in the future, when you're gone, the work that you're starting here will continue and grow with through other, you know, other wheelchairs and other energies that you pass the baton on to. So thank you. Emma, just before we go, is there anything else you'd like to share or add? Um, I don't think so. I've really enjoyed my time with you today. Thank you so much. Um, and I really love conversations that get into the deep stuff, you know. It's, it's talking about our experiences and our thoughts. And Yeah, I love an open conversation. So yes. thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to hook up um, Gemma's details on the show notes. So uh, contact details, social media links, etc. So if you do, guys do want to lift the conversation, she, she's always ready to have that conversation. I am. Um, she's very open and honest as well. And the more people that can get in touch with her and just be open and just, you know, if, if, if it's ignorance you're facing, then then accept it and say, I don't want to be ignorant anymore. What, which way can we change that? And it's that authenticity, I think, that people appreciate the most. It's not that you have those thoughts, it's what you're choosing to shift those thoughts with. And I think that's so important that if we realise that and we take accountability, we take honesty with that, that we can then say, which way can we move this forward? Ignorance used to be bliss, but it's no longer is because we need to then say, actually i've been ignorant about this and now i'm choosing not to be and i think that honesty i think is needed so much more in the world so again thank you so much Gemma, for your time and hopefully the people that need to hear this do hear that now i'm bhavik patel i'm the host of the podcast bigger than the hustle and uh, right now i'd just like to leave you with a few thoughts before we go big energy leads to big thoughts big thoughts lead to big ideas Big ideas lead to big actions, and big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, goodbye.